It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Coming up on OSA Today, the podcast. Crescent Valley wins another girls swimming state championship. We'll check in with Coach Rex Watkins. Ed Burton, the voice of Veterans Memorial Coliseum, previews the state wrestling championships. And dreaming of Pendleton, the OSA Radio Network's Bill Burig tells us why he's always excited to make the trip to the 2A state tournament. That's all coming up on OSAA Today, the podcast. Welcome into the almost spring edition of OSA Today, the podcast on the iHeartRadio app and RipCityRadio.com slash OSA Today. I am Bob Akamian. We have completed the Swimming State Championships wrestling on tap this week and basketball postseason beginning to get underway all around the state. Well, plenty of action at Tualton Hills this past weekend. The OSAA On Point Community Credit Union Swimming Championships. Great write-up by Jerry Ulmer on the front page of OSAA.org in the OSAA Today column. Of course, Caitlin uh, Dobler from Aloha breaking the national record in the 100 breaststroke. She is one of those kids that you're going to say you knew her when when she is swimming in the colors of USA. Amongst the other championship action of the weekend, the Crescent Valley girls won back-to-back state championships. Of course, this is a program that won five in a row in recent history. Rex Watkins has been the coach there since 2002 and shared his thoughts on this year's path to the title. Tell me about preparing for a back-to-back. That's that's something in all sports that's always a challenge. And, you know, you, know, you had a good lineup. You had kids that have been there. Uh, just uh, what's your psychology to, to bring a team back when you know you're a, you're a favorite to win another team title? Well, we did it uh, five times in a row back late 2000s, early through 2011. Um, so the kids... The kids kind of know the story of the legend, yes. It's been uh, a few years since we won. But uh, we had certainly some some great kids in those other groups, just not quite enough, or uh, the competition was a little different because at that point um, we still had the Bend schools, the Bend Summit and Mountain View as a part of the 5A championship meet, and they've gone on to do fairly well at the 6A meet. Um, so it's, you know, changing landscape and uh, changing kids and the team, and, and uh, we just we had a couple of core kids that have really contributed at that state championship meet. Um, our teams tend to be kind of small, so we're not a great dual meet team uh, against a large group, but especially in an eight-lane pool. But the kids know once they get down to where it's the fast against the fast, um, they tend to do pretty well. They look forward to that. And they knew last year with the win we had, we knew Churchill was going to be strong this year. 
um, and they came away from their district meet looking really good. They went into the state championships, um, gave our kids a little bit of motivation um, to be prepared, and we definitely had a finals session on Saturday that was that was pretty much top notch. We had, you know, we had of course we had five individual events that we won plus a relay. We've done it before. We've won all three relays. It just goes to show how close that meet can be. But um, we had kids who didn't make finals that still swam lifetime bests in that in, in prelims, and that I think that goes to the heart of the program, which is uh, you get in the water, you do your best no matter the circumstance, and when that happens, the, the results usually speak for themselves. And and I don't think you can ever under undersell how important the prelims and how important the first day is. To obviously be in that position. Oh, absolutely. We have that conversation quite regularly with the kids. It, you know, it's easy to fall asleep in prelims if you think you're seated first. And we had a last year we had a girls medley relay that was seated first going in and ended up first. Sometimes we were fifth. They just kind of they just kind of swam through it and we had a little conversation afterwards. They picked it up a little bit better. But the, it's easy to get complacent, uh, and there's always somebody ready to take your spot. So. It doesn't matter how many times one. There's always somebody else looking to do it. So, um, yeah, we had that conversation enough times during the season. The kids, uh, they were, I think, well mentally prepared. Some of them could have been better physically prepared. We had some sickness that week in between, but um, we'll, we'll take it. How much do you change your lineup, maybe even just in your mind? I mean, I'm sure with a successful program in December, you have a pretty good idea what it is, but no, how much absolutely. do you move the pieces around? We do move. We, I, I like the chess game of it. That's probably my favorite part of coaching the high school swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, is trying to figure out where coaches might put their other kids. And some of them are very predictable. They don't move. They don't change their, their game plan no matter what. Uh, and you learn after a while who that is. Um, but we'll, we're known for we, – we might change personnel uh, or relay order between prelims and finals on our kids, and we've been doing it for years. Um, I tell the kids, look, we're always looking for the fastest combination. We're not going to fall into a rut and say that I'm the third swimmer on this relay because uh, you may end up being the fourth swimmer the next time around or the first. Um, it depends what we see every day where we're going to put the kids, and some of it has to do with – their state of mind and their their general psychology about racing and, and uh, their capabilities on relays. Uh, I tend to put my first kid isn't always my fastest or my slowest, but it's probably the kid with the worst possible relay exchange. So we're, we're looking at trying to make sure we don't have an early takeoff on a relay exchange or, or the other kids' relay exchanges are so much faster that it ends up being a better overall time just to put the kid with the worst relay exchange first. You know, they're a lot of different things to look at that we can maybe get that extra tenths or three tenths of a second out of a leg, and uh, it makes a difference in our. I think the results speak for themselves. We won seven of the fourteen five A championships. Tell me about your two seniors who uh, won titles: Paula uh, Lomonaco and Francesca Quishoni, uh came coming up in the uh, hundreds and two hundreds. Well, so it's an interesting season for us because both of those girls and Vivi, uh, who ended up winning the 500, all three of them wanted to swim the 500 freestyle. Um, and they could have gone one, two, three. Um, and Fran or Paula probably broke the meet record in the 500 free. 
Um, but uh, as we went through the season, I explained to the girls, um, it doesn't make any sense for us as a team to have all three of you in the same race uh, because then we've given up points in races, and that would make a big difference in what we do. So um, we settled into the races that they were going to do. And for Paolo, they're the same as last year. Uh, Fran had a little bit of a change because the year before we'd put uh, Sarah Cordier in the turn I am. Um, and Fran had been in the 500. But um, I wanted them in races where I, I thought they had a shot to win. Um, and prelims indicated that it was still a bit of a battle or it could be a battle for them in the races that we chose. But then they well, they, they did what they were supposed to do, and that's what I love about those kids. They they understand the task at hand, and even if it's not exactly what they wanted to swim for personal reasons, they'll swim it because the team needs them to, and then get out there and, and they got enough pride to to get the job done. So then how impressive is it for Vivi as a freshman to uh, win the 500? I had a pretty good idea she probably would based on she's a club swimmer, um, much like most of the rest of the kids in the, in the climate that this day championships. Um, and we knew what her capability was. She still went best time. She was really nervous about it, um, but it's a great start for her. Good confidence builder. Um, and she's a sweet kid. She's she tries really hard. She's she's really excited about how fast she's been going in her shorter races. So um, they they all. You know, I told them, if we have opportunities to win races, we got to look at those opportunities and try to take them. The more wins we get, the more likely we are to win as a team. And, and if we can give it a bit of a spread, it gives us a chance to relax a little bit later in the meet and swim our best without the pressure on us. So, um, yeah, I I just I like working with them. They, uh, they all did their jobs just like they're supposed to do. When you know, I mean, I, obviously you, you plan your lineup, you know the point possibilities. When did you know you had this one? <laughs> well, with the modern technology these days, they have this stuff called uh, Meet Mobile where you can kind of see what the scores are as they build up. And the kids are, of course, I don't do it on my phone, but the kids do, and they're showing me. I had a pretty good idea after we'd won um, – all but the 50 free up through the uh, 500 freestyle that uh, the meet was pretty much ours at that point, unless we lost both or at least to disqualification. So I told the kids, I said, okay, so the rest of the meet, we need to swim fast, but without mistakes. And uh, we saw some other teams make some mistakes and that cost them a little bit, but. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, the kids were just solid and secure all the way through. Molting. That's great. The boys, we thought, might get it. We're still trying to get them a third, and it was looking a little iffy for a while, but they, we had a pretty good idea at the end that they'd pulled that one out, too. So um, that was a good meet for both teams. I was going to say, uh, share something about the boys' team that you were uh, proud of this weekend. Well, we had some incredible swims, um, they, uh, especially on prelim day, which was good to get the boys into final where we needed to be. 
they responded pretty well in the relays, the two relays. Um, and, you know, last year we only had a couple of kids up on the podium for a spot here and a spot there. Um, and, and this year, almost of our swimmers ended up there. So that was a big shift. Out of the same kids, we, we didn't graduate anybody last year that helped us out at that meet. Um, my son, Hunter, was the only senior that was with us this year. And the boys have done a good job of mentoring down the line. When when Hunter joined the team as a freshman, only five boys on the team. And we had four boys scoring points at the state championships. So that was uh, one was just in relays. But the way he swam on relays indicates that the drops he made there, he'd probably come back next year and score an individual too. So I'm pretty proud of both teams. And again, complete write-up on the Boys and Girls Swimming Championships on OSA Today. Read all about it. It's time to go to the mat this weekend at Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The OSA On Point Community Credit Union Wrestling Championships begin Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. The doors will open to the public at 7.30, and, of course, participants can uh, show up and begin their preparations at 5.30 in the morning. It is a monster day. Mat action begins at 8.30 in the morning and will continue till almost 11 at night, depending on how long bouts go. So there'll be plenty of action on 12 mats on the first day. And then on Saturday, we uh, begin at 9 in the morning, starting on 12 mats. And, of course, we will boil down to the championship session on Saturday evening on six mats simultaneously. It is always a great show, and no one better to get a preview from than Ed Burton, who is the voice of this event and has been involved some way in the management or announcing for 35 years now. You know Ed, of course, is the former football coach at Oregon City High School, and he loves being involved with this sport of wrestling. The good wrestlers, uh, they're wrestling year-round. And uh, the you know the the guys that uh, are continually in the state championships and in the on the championship podium, uh, they wrestle almost year round. But some of the better big guys are also football players and uh, uh, track guys, and uh, they they stay in shape year round. Uh, but uh, you're right uh, the. Highlight of the season is the state championship uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, they start officially start their wrestling season November 1st. It was the first day they can practice. Uh, and then so it's, uh, you know, it's a good four-month, three-month season. And, and then they go right into freestyle and Greco and Olympic stuff. And, of course, there's really a trio of big events in Oregon wrestling. The Classic, which is, of course, team versus team duels, which is a little different than tournament wrestling. And then you have the Reesers, which is pretty exciting because that's all the classifications together. So everybody gets to have the argument about who the good, you know, who's <laughs> the best bet at, at a weight. And then we have this traditional tournament for the teams. And, uh, and all these weekends mean something. But uh, there is something still the wrestling four-year school at state tournament. Uh, yes, it, it's uh, first of all wrestling itself is such a family-oriented uh, community thing. So in the in the 
towns where the good schools like Culver and Newburgh and Roseburg and Burns and uh, some of those schools, they, the whole town comes out for a wrestling match. And uh, and that's the same is true at the state tournament. Uh, the, we get, you know, anywhere from four to 6,000 people in the Coliseum, and they all uh, root for their teams. And uh, it's, it's pretty raucous in the Coliseum. And, and you know, it is such a commitment. And, you know, the great line from the world, according to Garp and Coach Holm, <laughs> is, and you probably know this, you've got to yes. get committed and you've got to stay committed. Stay committed. <laughs> where, where are today's young wrestlers coming from? I know I've heard from coaches now that it's not necessarily club kids that started when they're five years old. Uh, it's not. Uh, wrestling is a sport that it, you learn to love, and, and it's just exciting and and it's uh, kids love to wrestle. The truth is, Bob, you put two little four, five-year-olds in a room, it won't take very long, and they'll be wrestling each other, whether they're <laughs> girls or boys. It makes no difference. And that's just part of the, the na- human nature. But when they get into the competition, a lot of it depends, a lot of success depends on coaches. And uh, when when you have coaches in our state, like at the kids' level, uh, Roy Pittman and Mark Sprague and uh, some of these guys that run good kids' clubs, uh, Steve Lander at Roseburg has a great kids' wrestling program. Uh, even out in the outlying areas, you know, Burns and Ontario and Nyssa, NISA has a great wrestling program. It's because they do it when they're little guys. Uh, but the uh, the success rate has a lot to do with the coaches, uh, who the coaches are, and how they keep kids in school in uh, in the wrestling room. And and uh, hats off go to those guys that uh, the J. Alleys of the of the state that just have you know, uh, dynamite programs and and, uh, always continue winning. Well, let's uh, start getting into some of the stories this week. And I'll start with J.D. because Culver has this lengthy tradition and not a large school at all. And, of course, we had J.D., in fact, on the podcast a few weeks ago. And he's always, oh, oh, shucks about, well, I I got some kids. But uh, clearly he is running an excellent uh, program with a lot of depth there. But he gives credit to that being the, the athletes of Culver who uh, who gravitate naturally to the sport. Well, they, the truth is Culver doesn't have a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, kids that transfer in. They're just mostly local grown kids. But J.D. finds every one of them. Uh, any kid that's got any talent at all uh, or any need at all, uh, J.D. finds them and finds a place for him in his program. Uh, and, and then, not very many people know this, but J.D. has an assistant coach that's one of the best coaches in the state, uh, Kurt Davis, uh, the family of uh, coaches from years and years back. And uh, Kurt just volunteers there at the school and helps out with wrestling. And uh, Kurt's wife, Maureen, she is 
the backbone of the classic tournament over there in Redmond. And uh, and then uh, JD's one of these kind of, kind of guys that just kind of lifts his arms and kids just flock to him. And uh, so, and and they'll they'll go through walls for him. Uh, he's he's I think he's won uh, 15 out of 16 state tournaments the last six or 17 years, and and uh, he just he's got it going. And and there's he even places high in the research tournament at all levels. So he's you know he's got a. Uh, dynamo going over there and, and uh, dynasty and uh, he, he's just one of the best of the best and you mentioned Kurt Davis and this is you recognize the last name this is a Mouse Davis relative <laughs> Mouse Davis family you betcha yeah. Gail yeah. Davis uh, was his dad and and uh, you know great football coaches in the state and then the kids were all uh, wrestlers and football players and uh, just a great uh, Oregon family. You mentioned Steve Lander at Roseburg, and of course, it's one of those programs that that brings great depth in its lineup. And uh, he also starts at the bottom. Uh, what do you see from Roseburg this year? Well, uh, I was fortunate enough to see the Roseburg Newburg uh, dual meet at the Classic, and uh, uh, Newburg ends up winning it. But what a dual meet! They just Heads back and forth uh, for you know the whole tournament, the, the whole dual meet. And Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Uh, I see this going down to the wire with Roseburg and Newburg uh, just uh, you know, taking shots at each other the whole tournament. Yeah, and I know we visited with Neil right after the classic, and uh, he said it went our way. But he said you never know when you get into the bracket, so that that's part of the fun of that. He was fully aware that RHS will have a pretty good (laughs) spread out in the bracket. And and again, uh, Neil Russo and uh, Steve Lander, two of the very best coaches Oregon has ever seen, and uh, they're they're just awesome people and. And great programs, and and 
they'll they'll put on a good show for us this weekend. And then in the 5A ranks, uh, Crescent Valley has been very impressive. I have a good lineup. They have a very young lineup that's been uh, quite successful this year. Well, Crescent Valley, uh, they had a couple of kids by the name of Lamer that was a, a family of outstanding wrestlers. And then they've added uh, a couple of transfer kids that have come in. And I was doing the seating for the 5A uh, Sunday and there's just there's a Crescent Valley kid in every weight class uh, that just you know they look extremely tough. They've kind of taken the place of uh, where Crook County was a couple of years ago, and uh, they've uh, they're awesome. They're just they have a lot of wins in their belt and and uh, and a lot of wrestles at the tournament. And of course, one of those new guys they have is this Albert Cantu. Uh, who's been at Sprague and Salem? Who is pretty amazing. He's done. He's doing a lot of age group stuff nationally as well. But he is uh, on the verge of one of those very rare feats of being a four-time state champion. Right. He's a three-time state defending champion uh, at different levels. And uh, again, uh, Bob, it's he's a, from a family of wrestlers. I remember his dad, and I remember his grandfather on the wrestling mats and the kid wrestling programs. And uh, they used to be from Jervis. And uh, they and the, this uh, Cantu boy can, has been a three-time state champion, and he's the number one seed and uh, looks, looks like he may be our next four-time state champion. And of course, you are involved in a lot of the seeding at this tournament. What do you? Uh, what, what's a hidden gem? Who's somebody uh, that maybe people don't know about that's going to be worth watching? Uh, well, in a little way, there's a guy by the name of uh, uh, Weisenhut. Uh, he's from. Uh, used to be from Redmond. He's now from uh, uh, Crescent Valley, and uh, he's a tough little guy. I'll tell you a person to watch, and. Uh, uh, it's a, she's a 120 pounder. She is a 120 pounder from Newburgh, and uh, she is tough. Uh, I can't remember her name right now, but uh, uh, she I've watched her wrestle a couple of times. She was second in the Newburgh district tournament. Uh, she's seated in the tournament, and uh, uh, she she will add a. a a really, uh, she has decided to go in the boys' tournament, and uh, she will turn some heads when she wrestles because she's awfully good with aspirations of being an Olympic wrestler. And that brings us to the discussion of, of the girls' bracket, which has continued to grow. Of course, Washington has been a little ahead of us with that and have a very dynamic uh, girls' bracket, but the uh, the influx of girls in wrestling has brought in athletes with martial arts skills and all sorts of different backgrounds. And uh, it's it's pretty exciting stuff with the uh, young women on the map. Uh, absolutely. And they, they have grown. Uh, I think Brad gave us this statistic that they have grown 300% this year. Uh, and there's over 900 girl wrestlers in the state. Uh, there, there are teams now competing uh, the group out of hood river, the, uh, group from Central, uh, Central Lynn, uh, the 
there's just a lot of uh, Cottage Grove has a good girls team. There's a lot of girl wrestlers in the state, and uh, their uh, athletic ability uh, is uh, just growing by leaps and bounds. Now, again, going back to the coaches, uh, Oregon City High School has a coach, uh, Natasha Umamoto, who is uh, a collegiate and uh, uh, international uh, successful wrestler, and she's coaching at Oregon City High School and just has got a skill level that, uh, you know, which is just far and above what most coaches have. And uh, uh, and then the coaches around the state are just getting better and better. Uh, some of them wrestle in the boys' program at the same time. Uh, Thurston High School, uh, under Mike Simons, has – he must have 50 or 60 girls out for wrestling. And uh, and they're really a solid women program. Uh, this year we have expanded the state tournament to an eight-girl bracket. And uh, so it's and taken, you know, uh, uh, more spots on the mat, <laughs> which adds the length of time in the tournament. But now the tournament is called a banded tournament. Uh, which uh, has added a little bit of a, a good quality to the tournament. Uh, the, the people who work there, we're going to be there all day. Uh, we opened the tournament with the 5A, 4A, and 2A, I think. Uh, and then they wrestle all the way up to 3.30-ish. Uh, and then they leave the gym, and then the 6A and, and uh, uh, 3A come in at uh, 4 o'clock. And they wrestle the whole rest of the night. So it sure makes it a lot better for the kids uh, and the coaches. Uh, but uh, we'll be there all day, Bob, both days. You know, <laughs> you know that. Well, I know uh, part of your tradition there is organizing the March of Champions, which is very traditional uh, at, at many state wrestling meets. And I, I would suspect if I ask, is that your is that your favorite part of the weekend when you get to the last night and all that long work <laughs> of the brackets is done and now you're going to celebrate the two finalists? Uh, in every, Absolutely. Uh, to to uh, watch all those volunteer workers and, and officials and Hall of Famers and and the medical staff, and then all the place finishers in the tournament to see them walk in on the mat and strut their stuff, uh, and the people uh, standing up, ovation, and that's really a special time for me. And you mentioned Hall of Famers. Uh, anybody getting special recognition this year? Well, we've got we're taking in eight new guys. Uh, I think I would be safe to say that that list is led by J.D. Alley. Uh, he kind of has broken the mold for for uh, uh, our inductees. Normally, we wait until they're done coaching, but I don't know if J.D.'s ever going to stop. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I agree. <laughs> we, yeah, we inducted him. Uh, two other guys, Jim Pond and Lynn Kaufman, they have been directing the Hall of Fame for over 16, 17 years now, and they have refused to go in while they were officers. Uh, so uh, they will be coming in this year, uh, which is a highlight for us. Uh, we're still trying to get the Lance Duncan, the, the old 
uh, saw, uh, Sodbuster from David Douglas High School, and and uh, he's he says he's not going to come in until he dies, but. <laughs> he he's still one of the great coaches in the state, and uh, still participates in the state tournament and and helps out. And uh, but those those guys are going to be coming in. And uh, 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 Scott Shanahan uh, from the Cottage Grove area, he's been an outstanding women's uh, leader in the women's program, and, uh, and then a couple other older coaches. That, just a great class, and and uh, our our Hall of Fame banquet coming up May second is when those guys will be inducted. But we will introduce them all at the state tournament. And of course, we have more preview articles on the front page of osa.org for your reading pleasure. You can watch live streaming from the weekend on the NFHS Network. Click over to nfhsnetwork.com for information on what session you can watch when. Postseason is underway in basketball for the 1A, 2A, and 3A classifications. Of course, we're working our way towards next week's state tournaments in Baker City, Pendleton, and Coos Bay. I want to take a look ahead to the trip to Pendleton, which is such a tradition for so many people around the state. The 2A tournament will again be hosted at the Pendleton Convention Center, with some games also being played at Pendleton High School. Bill Burek has been a longtime member of the OSA radio network, broadcasting games from this tournament, and it's clear to see this is one of his favorite parts of the prep basketball season. Well, I think people know uh, about the legends of the hospitality of Pendleton and the energy that is in the armory every year. But, you know, you've done this tournament now so many years. Uh, what makes doing the 2A tournament special to you? Well, it probably sounds corny, and I'm assuming that every tournament that's been in the same place for a lot of years will say the same thing, but it's a family reunion. And the the atmosphere and the way that Pendleton draws together for this and even with the two-gym format, there's that walking bridge between the high school and the convention center, and the whole thing is folks walking back and forth to get there and the OSA's flexibility to where if you have two teams, a boys and a girls team from the same school, and they're paired up, they'll flip the bracket. They'll accommodate. They'll make that work. So you can get done with one game in an afternoon session, and everybody marches across the bridge to get to the other one. And it's just that familial feeling to it. And you do mention the hospitality, and it is tremendous. Uh, that town really appreciates this tournament, and it's just a blast to go up and be a part of that. And I know one of the things I remember from the hospitality end is the the volunteers who, you know, many of them work the same door every year or in the same uh, same time frame, and they'll be there arguing over, oh, no, this is my door to watch for the next hour. And, I mean, they, the volunteers take it that seriously. They do. I think they recognize how much it, um, having a nice, clean, well-run event really helps keep the reputation of the of the the tournament intact and they do take it seriously because this is this is what they do and they want folks leaving looking forward to coming back again the next year and and i have to point out and as broadcasters we're always guilty of this uh, looking for the free lunch there is a hospitality room 
where food is brought in, most of it homemade from the volunteers. And the feast of the hospitality room is second to none. It is um, it is my diet wrecker. I might be able to stay <laughs> on track all winter long, but that first weekend in March seems to take care of any any ambitions I have towards losing weight. When you uh, when you see the teams out for the first time, it's a different floor than a lot of these schools play on, and of course a different size building. It's larger than I think pretty much any other building that a two A school is at. What do you what do you notice on that first day? Those first games. So it's what I've noticed over the years is teams that have been there two, three, four years in a row play that quarterfinal game so much more comfortably. And it seems like teams that don't have any first game experience on the floor of the convention center really seem to struggle shooting the ball that first half of that first game. And you'll see some teams coming in that don't have Pendleton experience and a fantastic record seem to really struggle on that bigger floor. And that floor has got a little bit of character to it as well. And it is longer and the shooting lines are a little different in there. But you're um, you're going to see maybe a little bit of scuffling right out of the gate if a team hasn't played on that floor to this point. The uh, teams travel so well. I mean, it is such a traditional destination for uh, the size of the school. And uh, when you have a fairly close by school like Hefner in that girls' final last year, I mean, what was that atmosphere like? You know, it was a lot of fun, especially as I, I kind of felt as that game went along that, and as the tournament went along, stepping back a little bigger, Bob, is that it felt like it was Coquille's tournament to win as they came in. They just came down from 3-8, they're a super solid squad. And so not only was the, the Hepner team the local team going into that, but they were kind of the, the little engine that could. And as that game went along, that gym full of Hepner fans and a lot of your local Pendleton area fans cheering their local team just kind of swelled up. It almost created its own energy as it went along. And it was an amazing atmosphere when you realized this bunch of girls was was going to get it done against a very talented Coquille team in a very good basketball game, one of the the better ones that I've had an opportunity to sit courtside for. And this year we we could easily have two South Coast teams there with Coquille, and uh, and their new arch rival is Bandon with their influx of new talent. I know you haven't seen them yet, but to have two Coast schools there would be quite the thing. Yeah, I'll bet they travel very well. So it is amazing. You did mention that these two A schools travel, and that is that's exactly right. Especially when they get into the semifinals, and and when they get into that final day of the tournament, they just seem to keep flowing in from all directions. Now the district playoffs are this week, so we're two weeks away from tournament time. There, Kennedy is holding down the number one spot uh, in the girls' coaches' poll, and I know you've seen Kennedy in this tournament over the years. It's it's a school in general that's had so much success in a lot of different sports, and this, that, their girls' team plays just with a lot of confidence. You know, you talk about how it pays to have experience. Well, Kennedy is a, a perfect example of that. They come in here with girls that have come through the program, and they have that comfort. And there's always – seems like there's always three or four girls on that varsity squad that have played the year before – and they have that carryover, and they have the coaching staff continuity, and they come in, 
and they seem this is kind of been a home. Uh, they seem comfortable. It's their home away from home. And uh, in boys' competition, you talk about familiarity. The four semifinalists from last year are ranked one, two, three, and four uh, right now: Western Christian, Columbia Christian, uh, Toledo, and Napa. They're all bringing people back, and uh, and I think in general that experience factor is going to weigh greatly in favor of all four of those teams. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Bob. There's um, there's a couple of new first round matchups. We're going to get some teams that that were not here last year pushing through this year just by the way that the brackets are drawn. But certainly an opportunity for a very familiar semifinals, um, especially the way that the brackets are drawn up. We could see a, a lot of returning experience to that Saturday or Friday evening semis. And, of course, we had a pretty epic final last year with two very good, well-coached teams in Western Christian with Gary Hall and Columbia Christian with Bart Valentine. And those guys coach like they're coaching Division One college basketball. You know, it's always um, – and both of them are pretty distinctive, but both of them are – they've coached long enough that it is fun to watch them handle adversity. And I can remember several times over the years at any place in the bracket where a a Gary Holes team is going through a point in the first half where they get down by 8, 10, 12 points. And, you know, as a broadcaster, you start to look, you start to wait to see if he's going to pop up and take a timeout. And, you know, and he lets them play through it. He he lets them work their way through it. And we've seen it with, with Coach Valentine as well. Over time, they have the ability to let their players play and, and understand that we've got here, you know, doing our thing. There's not a lot of reason to lose our mind in the state tournament. We've played a lot of games to get to this point, and I've always respected that from both of them. And just you, you see good coaching in times of adversity, right? And they have an ability to let their players play and, and get through things. All right, finally, I need to get you need to give us some visitor tips for the tournament in Pendleton because you're a visitor. You don't live in Pendleton, so you have to be a tourist as well. Things to do, places to eat, things to see if you're not just watching basketball the whole weekend. So I love in the spring, I can drive any direction out of that town. With the the green on, on the face of Cabbage Hill and the dryland wheat fields north of town, whether you're going through Milton Freewater or straight north out past the college into those rolling wheat fields, I love the drive out there. Uh, I'm a little bit curious to see just what the the damage from the Umatilla flood um, caused, and I would probably encourage folks who check that out, and just so they can have a respect for what happened a couple of weeks ago, it's going to be very unique. Um, something a little less heavy, Bob. If if people are want, are wondering about the underground tour, I would heavily encourage them to do that. We went through it as a family a, a couple of summers ago, and really enjoyed that. That town has a little bit of a funky history, and the folks that, that give that tour do a nice job of bringing that to light, and then you've got uh, all sorts of eateries downtown, and and if you've got some time to kill and, and you're in between games and looking to get out, Pendleton will take pretty good care of you. Hey, thanks, Bill, for bringing that up. That's a good point when you're visiting one of these great venues. Get on out and check out the community people that are doing a great job hosting our state basketball tournaments. 
That's all the time we have for now on OSA Today, the podcast. Thanks for listening in on the iHeartRadio app or RipCityRadio.com. I am Bob Akamian. We'll see you next time on The Pod. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.